step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. I've had a very interesting two weeks. Found out last week I had a bad gallbladder. Spent some time with the fantastic staff at St. Vincent's Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama to get it removed. I'm currently at home resting and trying to get back to normal. So if I sound off a little bit right now, that's why. Thank you for all your birthday wishes as well. On this episode, Melissa and Jason join me on the porch to talk about family drama. I think you'll enjoy it. Please continue to share the show with your friends and on social media. Without further ado, let's get started. We're right in the middle of the holiday season, folks. We just had Thanksgiving. We got Christmas coming up. A lot of us are getting together for family get-togethers, family gatherings coming up. One big thing about family gatherings that we all try to avoid, or some people actually love, is drama. A lot of people have drama in their family. Every family's got some drama in it, or it's not a real typical family, I guess. Is some drama unavoidable? What causes our drama? That's something we're wanting to talk about tonight. Melissa, I'd like to start with you. Is drama in every family, and what kind of, where does our drama come from? Well, it's obviously unavoidable. It's in everybody's family, I'm sure. Everybody's got that one or that couple of people that they don't want to see. It comes from anything. I mean, it's whether or not it's the background or they're afraid to let them in their house or if it's somebody. In my case, I don't like people who thrive on drama. So those are the people I try to avoid. Luckily, I don't have many people like that in my family that I have to see on a regular basis. (laughs) only had a few, but there's appropriate ways to act about it. Yes, you can't avoid it. If you're going to any type of family gathering, you're going to meet these people anyway. You're going to see them again. And that's the first choice. If you want to avoid it altogether, then uh, you might as well try to exit your family. And that's just not going to happen. It's just in there. And it's very, it affects everybody. So depending on the type of drama uh, this person will bring in, I mean, Is it really something you have to avoid completely or do you act appropriately and what's appropriate? I try to very good question. I try to stem away from things that I know is going to trigger them into the dramatic state of being. (laughs) So it's more of a casual. Hi, how are you? Well, it's nice to see you. Goodbye. (laughs) I try to stick with something, you know, short, sweet to the point and then I'm gone and I go to visit somebody else. Jason, what about you? What do you think? Is some drama unavoidable and what causes it? I think some drama is unavoidable. It's not unusual in any family to maybe have someone who is um, somewhat mentally ill or maybe has a personality disorder that makes them difficult to be around. Often we just kind of say, well, that's just so-and-so. You know how that can be. But if that was someone we didn't know, if it was a stranger, 
we might be a little more apt to try to understand, well, there's probably something going on there. Family, we can be a little bit less forgiving because we expect more. You're going to have situations where even if it's a small family gathering and it's just the parents, children, grandchildren, and, and, and you don't have aunts, uncles, and cousins around, you have situations where you have one parent that favors one child over the other. And that's the kind of thing that festers over time, over decades. That's when you start picking up on picking up on every little comment, every little slight, and those kind of things build up and build up. So some drama is unavoidable. It's there. The only choice we have really is whether or not to participate in that drama. I think we tend to carry all of our baggage with us. Kind of like, you know, when you were growing up and you go spend the night at your grandma's, you'd have a, a, a bag or a little suitcase you carry your stuff in. Would it be a toad or a poke? Well, if you couldn't afford a toad, it was a poke. <laughs> but um, I was actually, um, at that time, uh, upper middle class, and I literally had a suitcase that said, go into grandma's. There you so go. I, that was back when we had a few good years. Before I had we went, one of those too. We went back down. You had one of those too. Yeah, it was a really small suitcase. It's oh, a going tiny. to grandma's. Yeah, it was really yeah. tiny. It had the little purse, the little kid on it with yeah, the bag well, walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, we carry our baggage with us everywhere we go, and especially to family gatherings because we have an entire lifetime of conceptions of other people conceptions of past trauma, our own feelings at that particular time, how we view people, not just in how they are, but how we think they should be. Because we always know better. We always know how everyone should be, or we tend to. The only way you can disarm that is to stop. Well, we'll get into that later, how you can best deal with it. But yes, to answer your question, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's there. It's definitely going to be there. I think there are degrees to it, to be honest. There's definitely degrees to it. Expound on that, Melissa. Okay, so we all walk around with our own story. It's going to be drama in itself. We have our own drama and uh, featuring you. (laughs) So, um, of course, we all have things you have to deal with. There's just these people. Some I've got them in my family that focus so much on their own. I had this one aunt that liked to go on and on and on about everything that was wrong with her. She's still alive to this day, by the way, but she seemed to be one of those people that thrived on other people's sympathy. That is something I can do because I love her and I can listen, but I can only listen for about this long as opposed to as much as she wants to talk. So when we did sit down and talk, she would give the pleasantries, but then like delved right into it. And you know, I know everybody knows somebody who's there's always something wrong with them, but that's dealable. That's tolerable to me. I can deal with that. Uh, the ones that I couldn't deal with are the ones that would come in and steal right from you or anybody in the house before they left. And everybody knew to watch out for that person. You know, those are the ones that you're like, whoa, I don't want to deal with that. So I, I wouldn't even, in my case, I wouldn't even invite them to come along, which might be hurtful, but. I mean, what are you going to say when they call? Why didn't you invite me? Well, because you, you're a thief and nobody wants you around. That's pretty, you know, that's pretty uh, <laughs> blunt. But 
as a person, I'm like that. I'd be like, well, this is why you ask why this is why I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but maybe stop being a thief and then you can come around again. <laughs> right. But yeah. how else are you supposed to say that and be nice? Or you, I don't really think you have to be nice as nice to family in the way that you say things as you do to your friends or people that you have to like, like colleagues, work colleagues, you have to tell them in a different way because I mean, you don't want to make work unpleasant. These you deal with more strangers on a daily basis than you deal with your family, like but one time a year. So it's easier for me to go, well, this is why <laughs> I'm making all kinds of racket over here. Anna. You just sat back. I thought you were about to crack open a can or well, a bottle or something. I would if I had one. Where's your stogie? <laughs> I thought he's about to. I thought he's about to break down in tears over the over the sad topic. <laughs> nah. I don't think it's sad. I just think it's it's something we all have to face. It's something. It's something that everybody has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's is. Just, and if you're not armed and prepared with ways of handling it, it can be terrible. I'm just sitting here thinking about me personally because things that y'all have both said have hit home with me and that's why i'm uncharacteristically quiet does that make any sense because y'all well yeah but i mean this is the kind of advice you have asked me about in the past right i I get it (laughs) it's just i I know i'm not not even going to begin to try and spill out personal laundry but at the same time First one to tell you, I've had my share of family drama, just like everybody else has. Part of it has been my fault. Others, not so much. But with me and my family, sometimes I walk in to family gatherings with defenses up. Mm -hmm. I'm always expecting the worst and hoping for the best, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's what I do. I'm a very opinionated person. I have my opinion in most cases, and I'm trying to get better on it. But in most cases, you'll hear it even if you don't want it. And I'm having to do different things as in set up different types of boundaries with me personally. I'm I'm learning the phrase, not my problem. Or and none of my business. I'm trying to remember those phrases a lot lately, and it's made my life a whole lot easier and a whole lot less dramatic. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is like if you go out in public, you have a different public persona, and then there's different family members that you meet that you know you have to only give them this much because you are kind of already invested because they are family. But you don't have to be completely delved in. For instance, if they called you and said, help me hide this body, I'm sure you'd be there in a heartbeat. But <laughs> as far as personal things, you'd be like, eh, that's not my problem. <laughs> I, I, may, I may or may not be. I, I'm not going to incriminate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if my brother called me and said, I need you to help me hide this body, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Just no okay. questions asked. <laughs> I've got two cousins. I was an only child, so I grew up with two cousins. We have not gotten along for every minute of every day of our life. We've had a lot of instances where we didn't agree, but I guarantee you that if I was to be in a jam and I called, 
even if they didn't like me at the time. They loved me enough to be there and vice versa. That That's the family aspect of you're invested, but that's about the extent of it. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to like delve into their life or, you know, help them on a daily basis because that really isn't your problem. But when it comes to something huge, then yeah, I'm sure, like, I'm sure it's, it's just how it goes. One thing that I have learned, you know, I, <clears throat> I see where you're coming from, but with me personally, I've got my own life to lead. Mm-hmm. They have their own lives to lead. <clears throat> what they do, whatever choices they make is their business. And that's where I've been trying to set up boundaries because I'm I'm the type that I care, but then there are instances where I care too much. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So I'm having to work on my boundaries. That's one way that I've been trying to avoid any kind of drama. What are some ways that y'all are trying to avoid any drama? Well, one of the biggest things that have helped me is the day that I realized my life is hard enough (laughs) and my life isn't the right way to live. It's nobody's right way to live. It's my way to live. Then that's kind of what everybody goes through. So everybody's living differently. But again, I had to teach myself how to engage to an extent. Just the pleasantries. Tell me a little bit about how you feel. And now I'm going to go visit with somebody else, you know, because I can't. I can't worry like that all the time. I can't tell them what to do because they're trying their best. Now, if somebody came to me and straight out said, what do you think I should do? And I thought that they meant it. Then I'd give them advice like, well, you know, what would be best for you in this situation? What do you think you should do? What are you fighting with? What are you struggling with? Because that's the only way that I can ever come to an answer for myself. I know what's best for me. I know what I should be doing. I tell myself all the time. I'm sure everybody else does too, or at least I think so. You know, you're like fighting with the devil and the angel on your shoulder. You know, but when you put it out there and you ask somebody, they're going to tell you what the angel's saying. I mean, they're going to say it, you know. Right. So it's just leading somebody to an answer for themselves because, again, it's the, it's it's your choice. It's always going to be somebody. It's, it's not your choice to make for somebody else. You're not their mama. You're not taking care of them. You're not doing anything for them except engaging in conversation. So with certain people, I don't go too far with my own emotions or my own problems. But if they decide to do that, then I'm going to do the best I can to help them lead. If I, if I feel that invested, (laughs) if not, I'd say, well, I just don't know. I really don't know. Maybe you should ask somebody else. (laughs) Jason, what are some ways that you try to avoid drama? Well, it, I'm kind of a, a little bit later in life beginning to realize some of these things. Um, I kind of get a really good dose of it because I work with family. Right. And and there has been, oh, my God, the fights and the stress. And it's just uh, – but over the past few years, I have come to realize that um, – I am part of the problem. If I hear something that I believe is not correct, I tend to voice that correction. And I can I can be condescending. No. I, can, <laughs> I had no idea. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, damn it, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't a Dean Martin celebrity roast here. My God. 
Sorry. Um, no. You opened uh, up the door. I, I tried my best not to open up the door whenever I was talking about myself. So, Well, I can't, and, and I can't, Ben. I've been told that for years, and I didn't believe it. Honestly, I really didn't believe it. That's really hard to admit. So uh, when you say it that, it's, 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 it's nice that you come to a realization if you really feel that way about yourself. If you- I do. I do. I know. I, I, I realize, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to realize how you sound and how it makes other people feel because you just think what you're saying is truth. They need to know the truth. They need to know. They don't need to be. They need to know. They need to know. But, you know, it, it's very you have to really step outside of yourself to see how you're coming across. And to understand they're also coming in with all their own baggage and all their expectations, which may be false or correct, just like you are. So that has been a big part of it. Um, I've had to really work hard and and try to develop much more sense of being kind. What does that mean to be kind? It's not just helping somebody with their groceries. It means to be forgiving of other people, what I perceive as their shortcomings or their issues and hoping they are the same way with me learning that I don't have to participate uh, in every, you know, I don't have to right every wrong that's going on. And also too, something that's been very helpful for me is understanding and letting go of things that I've held on to for a lot of my life. You know, we're, we're painted this picture in American society of how, a, a family is supposed to be. And we see all this. So this is, oh, that's wonderful. That's just a wonderful. And, you know, just a one, these one, you see it on commercials, you see it on TV, you see it in the movies. And you grow up, like we talked about in our Death of the Family Gathering show, you grow up thinking that this is the way it is. And it's always going to be this way. And then people get older and then people start to die and then people start to change. And you're still holding on to these past concepts of this is how this is not correct. This is how family is supposed to be. And trying to understand and appreciate how, you know, and I'll speak for myself, how my family is and, and the good points and the positive and not not let the negative be what's dominating to me. I've had to work on that and understanding that maybe what I wanted as far as what I'd hoped for with family, well, maybe that's not reality. That's not going to happen. And I need to look for that fulfillment somewhere else. Um, so, you know, those, those types of things have helped me a lot. I like what you said about taking things and remember the positives, because that's what I do when I look at my family also is, you know, I can look at anybody and have a memory of them mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. a positive memory and you go, mm-hmm. yeah. And the best way to look at it, my grandmother would go this, yeah, I love you warts and all. My grandmother used to say that all the time. No matter how bad you get, I still love you. That's just the way my grandmother is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's it's the same thing throughout the whole family. I love them because they are family. People are, it's hard for me to understand why people would hate somebody in their family. I can't, I hate what people do sometimes, but I can't find hate at all for anybody in my family. I can disapprove. I can not want to be around them, but there's still love there. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> Terry, I see you struggling. <laughs> there's always something positive, And that's the things that are really sometimes hard to find, especially when you find yourself being negative, because that's 
what happens to us too. We can have our positive days and our negative days and we can only see the negative. So when you said you were part of the problem, in some of your instances, I'm sure that's true. And that was one thing I was thinking about. Well, oh, if, thank you. Well, thank I mean, you. it's no, no, no. It, it, <laughs> the, the point I was trying to make to that is it's hard to admit when you are part of the problem. It is. It is. It's, it's hard to admit that. I'm a, I know I said something completely different, but that's not what I meant. I, I, I promise. Had, I, had to, I had to poke at you. I had to poke at you. You opened up the door. I did. You did. You poked me. Just like, just like you opened sure up the some, door by talking. I think talking. that was a Freudian slip. I'm sure in some of your instances, you are part of the problem. No, just, I, just no, like, no. Just well, like and what you, you were saying. Door whenever you were talking about my face. I think she's having flashbacks to our Aunt Jemima argument. <laughs> you think so? No, no, yeah, no, I think no, so. no, no. I, what you said was, I am part of the problem. So I, I said, there are your instances yeah. where you think you're part of the problem. Yeah, so whatever. Yes. <laughs> but, there's, been, there's been several instances in my life with family drama. I'll openly admit I was part of the problem. You know, it's what it is. I've walked in with expectations thinking some things are supposed to be a certain way when they wouldn't. I've walked in with my own viewpoints, thinking that I was the only one right and not being open enough to be a little bit more understanding about others. I can openly admit that there's been several instances that I've been wrong, that I've been the bad guy. You know, as I said before in the Death of the Family Gathering episode, sometimes you're the problem. And there have yeah, been, Jason, there have been, <laughs> sorry, there, there have been numerous occasions where I have been the problem. I can admit to that. And for my, on my end, I'm trying to do better. And, you know, what you were talking about earlier about how you didn't have any hate or anything for your family or anything like that. I'll be the first one to say I used to. And, it's not necessarily hate anymore, but it's disassociation. Mm-hmm. And again, without airing out family laundry, and I've always said that my family was in Dilworth. Yeah. There's a reason behind that that I'm not going to go into over on live air, but there's resentment there. And I'm. I'm trying to deal with it in my own way. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So in my brain, it's okay. That's okay. It's, it's fine. It's okay to be like that with family. But we, we've talked about how we can try to steer clear of it. What do we do whenever drama hits us in the face and we've got to handle it? (sighs) Melissa, man, when that's happened, I've literally, it, it felt like I was seriously digging my feet into the ground and ready for impact. That's how it feels. And then ready to recoil and send it back. Cause I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've gotten to many of arguments with my family. I've gotten to uh, altercations. None, none of them got physical, of course, but I mean, yelling fights and I don't like to yell. So when that happens, you know, I can't help but to tell them everything that point like this is what you should be doing and i have that problem of that you should be doing this okay but i have to stop after that and go well you know i don't need to be telling somebody what to do but i can tell them what they can and can't do to me so that's the easiest thing i was able to do you can't do that to me you can't say that 
You can't make, I'm not going to let you make me feel that bad. I'm not going to let you tell me what you're going to do and then just let you get away with it. I'm not going to do that. I have the option to respond what you're saying. So communication really is the starting point. People say this all the time. Communication is key. It's key to everything. And it's learning how to speak again. Because the way you talk to us is not going to be the same way you talk to somebody in your family that you're mad at. Uh, I know that. You're going to tell me. I know, Terry, you'll tell me exactly when you're mad at me. You're going to tell me why. But you won't do that to them. And if you have, you feel like it's gone unheard and you won't do it again. So, yeah. But then you got to think of another way to come. To me, I would say try another way to speak about it if you want to resolve it. If you don't want it to resolve, if you really think you should wash your hands clean of it, then you got to do that completely. But if there's always that nagging feeling, you got to find a way to resolve it just for your own sake. Jason, what about you? Drama hits you in the face with your family. How do you, and you can't avoid it. How do you handle it? There are techniques you can use. What's worked best for me. And I've had, I've had to try to apply this kind of across the board. Cause like I said, I work with family. And, you know, I may get, even on a day where we're not working, I may get several calls in a day. It, it comes with its its own stressors, but they're very, very similar to what we're talking about. I've had to kind of center myself and learn how to be calm in stressful situations and almost participate without participating all that um, autopilot mode. Yeah, autopilot. Unless someone, and even if someone is being very confrontational, I always, you know, I have the option of saying, you know what? No, no. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this and turn around and walk off. That can't be done in every situation because sometimes it follows. And then you have to say, that's enough. You know, you have to, but being the one that remains calm tries to remain calm because it is difficult man it is difficult and um choosing to basically take the attitude that what hurt me in the past and what would have pissed me off now it doesn't mean anything because and i'm just it just kind of goes with my greater philosophy of life um that i've been studying on for a while now it just doesn't matter it really doesn't it just doesn't matter. And some people like to get their kicks by saying cute things they think are funny, but in actuality, they're hurtful by putting you on the, on, on, in the spotlight in front of everybody that think that's funny, you know, just, just by being nasty and rude or unpleasant. Best thing you can do in that kind of situation with a, uh, when you're w- around family and it's about the function just try to get away from that person and stay away from them because you can't do anything to change them. You can take a steak and you can change it into a turd, but you can't take a turd and change it into a steak. Oh my so, gosh. That is the best thing I've heard in forever. <laughs> you can take a steak and turn it into a turd, but you can't take a turd and turn it to a steak. Oh that's man. Exactly that was fantastic. Right. That's almost as good as your drag to felt line. <laughs> drag drag the filth and that's what they're going to try to do sometimes with those family <laughs> gatherings they're going to try to drag you to filth you know but um 
<laughs> our cross-dressing <laughs> friends will understand what we're talking about. But, um, you know, it's, you just have to, I mean, you can, you know, through, and I know this sounds so mundane and so boring, through proper breathing exercises, through working to clear your mind and to be able to step back away, even from your own thoughts, I have found I can deal with much more family drama than I have been able to in the past in the past and by also clearing my mind of my own preconceptions of other people and just allowing them to unfold as they are. I think a lot of times we're, we choose to be offended because we're loaded for bear. Just like, it's like Terry was talking about so often when we go into a family function like that, we're loaded for bear to start with because we're, you know, stuff that's happened in the past. Uh, uh-uh. And, and and that's what you walk in there with. Now, some families, God bless them, they can walk in and everybody's just happy to see each other. And it's wonderful. That is not the majority. That's what we see on Hallmark sh- movies and that and on uh, uh, sitcoms and stuff like that. That's not reality for all of us. Hallmark ain't always real life. I, it, it seldom is. Just like you were saying, Melissa, sometimes there are varying degrees. If you've got somebody that you actually have to be concerned with, they're going to do drugs in my bathroom. They're going to steal something from grandma or they're going to in some way take advantage, you know, then yeah, that's a whole different ball game. I've been part and parcel to that before with a family member. So I understand. I get it. Well, I like what you said about how it doesn't matter. See, I have a different philosophy. It's are they willing to also help themselves. I'll help anybody as long as they're also willing to help themselves. Mm-hmm. But if they want you to do it all for them and they're a grown adult, no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And I have been known to look people dead in the face and say, well, I can't do it all for you. If you're not going to do it too, then I can't, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And that's just the end of the conversation. Yeah. And they might get mad that's and right. storm off, but these people, those types of people always come back and they always want to do it again. They always want to yeah. try again because they, I have, one of the most tender hearts in my family and everybody knows it. They know how I feel about anybody. And if I, okay. So when you said deal with it with a calm, usually I am calm, but I don't know. It's been more effective for me to blow up. (laughs) Sometimes you have to, sometimes blowing up sets that boundary. Yes. I've had to do it at least three times in the past year. And I haven't had to do that, but when I did it, that was the most effective. Terry will tell you, and he and I have experienced that with people who were uh, sociopathic on a, on a mass scale, had personality disorders to where you were valuable to them as long as you had something to offer right. or were giving them attention. And when you when all of a sudden you weren't giving them attention or had nothing to offer, then you were just you were you were you were no you were basically cut off from you were nothing. And sometimes you exploding and putting your fist down on the table, you have to set that boundary that way because that's the only language that's understood. Yeah, that's exactly how you I know? felt in that moment. <laughs> in and and moments. forget forget being appreciated. Forget mm-hmm. uh, being, uh, you know, um, I mean, we all want the acceptance and the appreciation and the, you know, for lack of a better term, the recognition from our family. 
that we are good people. Hey, I am, I am good. I am important. Or look what I've done or value me as a person, you know, or why don't they appreciate that? I'm the one that's always doing good and helping them. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to let that go. I absolutely agree with you. You Definitely have to let it go. You have to, you cannot think that that's going to be reciprocated in any way. Once you put that part of yourself out there, you have to, you and have to, when very, it is. and that's a very bitter pill to swallow to some people as well. It is. That will bring tears to your eyes. Mm-hmm. Do not be surprised. I hate to say this, but don't be surprised when everything's going great. And then they all get together and leave you out. Yep. I mean, and that's just, that's a harsh reality and a bitter pill. And that, that requires a lot of uh, uh, just prayer and meditation and a readjusting of your boundaries. Because you can't, you can't keep putting yourself out there in that situation to be damaged. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, well, okay, I'm going to have to set this, pull this boundary back because it's not, they don't have a right to hurt me, but they're going to continue. So, okay. They don't, they're not, they, they lose the privilege of that part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's totally okay. It does hurt though. It hurts at first, but it the more does. you do it, the more you do it, the easier it is. It's like, well, I know what type of person they are. So yeah. now that's where I'm cutting. That's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You have to protect yourself and your own mental health. Mm-hmm. And these exercises. Agree are wholeheartedly. Yeah. But you you got to understand and, and everybody wants to be heard. Everybody who has a voice and everybody wants to be heard. The problem with family is sometimes they want to be heard more than you are trying to be heard too. So it's not more of a conversation. It's, it's them just unloading their entire world on you, even though you have your own stuff on your back and they don't mm-hmm. realize that you have your stuff on your back. So that realization is big too. It's, it's just as much stuff as you're going through and how hard it is for you. It's just as hard or harder for somebody else. Right. So you gotta, you gotta stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of time people will allow or however, way, which way it falls, either they'll allow it or it just happens one way or another. But in most cases, family always ends up hurting worse than anybody else does. We expect more. You do. We do. We expect more. Yeah, yeah. honestly, but, I got lucky. I got lucky with my brothers and sisters we all came to the same kind of realizations throughout our lives without talking to each other. Cause some of us went like a little while without talking like a year or two without talking to each other. Like for instance, my sister is a uh, very religious and I'm not as socially religious as she is. So there for the longest time, we didn't see eye to eye at all. And then I don't know what happened, but she came to a realization and her and I had a really good conversation on the telephone one day and we came to understandings. She was like, that's really not how I am, Melissa. And she had the same kind of understanding of you got your own life to lead. I can't tell you what to do. So I got lucky in that instance, but I know and that a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I, I hate it. I'm very thankful for what I have. I wouldn't change it for the world. And I, I really am sorry for people who don't have that kind of thing with their family too. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of instances 
in some cases there are some serious instances and everything else that happened. But in most cases, a lot of your drama inside your family comes from miscommunication or no communication whatsoever. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's something small, but then whenever it's not dealt with, it's just like that little snowball that starts up there at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. If it's not checked, it turns into something big enough to knock a house off of its foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like I said, I think a lot of the instances where you have big blowups and everything like that in, in the families, it just comes from a lack of communication. Yeah. Oh, that like, or, mis- or just miscommunication or misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a for instance, but you go ahead, Jason. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just, I was just agreeing. That's all. That's oh, well, that, that sister I'm talking about, Melanie, if you're listening, I love you. And I know we've talked about this before, <laughs> but when she left and she went to Mississippi and she got married and all these things, the family, the whole family, and this is, this is part of it, kind of looked at her as if she was looking at us like she was better, like she was doing things right. And she just was quiet. So that convert, this is, we didn't talk about these things for years. So the day that her and I did talk on the phone, she was like, Melissa, <laughs> I told her what the family saw. She's like, I don't know why they treat me different. I'm like, well, this is why you, you were trying to hammer down religion down everybody's throat. And then you took off and then you didn't say anything to anybody. You didn't ever really call. And we just kind of assumed you thought you were better. Not that we hated you for it, but she's like, that's not it at all. I'm just a hermit. <laughs> So that talking and me telling her that, like, listen, this, I'm not, I came out of her, it came at her with all kinds of respect and she, she set the record straight quickly. She was like, Melissa, that's not it at all. I'm just a hermit. I really love being at home. And it's not that I want to involve myself with everybody's life. It's just, you know, I do want to know how everybody's doing and I do care. And I'm like, I know you care, Melanie. I know, you know, (laughs) this is how it was. It was just years i mean this is this happened three years ago that we talked about this she's she's been married now i don't know about 10 years i guess yeah she's been married about 10 years now and it took till about three years ago for us to sit and talk about these things and then since then you know there's been no misunderstanding no miscommunication no nothing we we are pretty blunt with what it is we're going to say she'll even tell me things that i might not want to hear but i'm open to hearing them because it's always nice to hear them. <laughs> it's always nice to hear something like that. So it's that, that line is now open. So yeah, a lot of it is because of not talking at all. You don't talk about the issues and you just assume our whole family was assuming that was wrong of us, but that was part of the issue. We weren't trying to uh, distance her or not socialize with her at all, but you know, that's just a small instance, but Talking like really helped it. And that since then, um, I feel like her and I are closer than we've ever been. Jason, any closing remarks? When it comes to this topic of, of drama and issues within the family, and they show up at gatherings, of course, uh, that's kind of what we're, we're, we're really talking about here. I would encourage people to remember the things that they can control and the things that they cannot control. And when you decide, okay, these are the things I, and make a list, make a list just for no one else to see, but you, you know, open your heart up and make a list and figure out, okay, these are things I cannot control. Okay. This list is a list of things that I can control. And you will find that on that list of things you can control, 
the majority, if not all of that list, is you. That's all you can control is you. All you can control. You can't, I can't stop you from saying things to me that you shouldn't say, from doing things that you shouldn't do. But I can control how I take it, how I deal with it, how I react. Those are the things I can control. And, and, and come up with ways of handling that. In other words, you have to basically, the time spent mastering yourself is time well spent because that's the only way you're going to be able to deal with other people's issues and your own issues. Melissa, any closing remarks? If you find yourself about to go to this family gathering and you know somebody's going to be there that you're not particularly fond of, first ask yourself, do I want to fix this? And please, for the love of God, do not do it at the gathering itself. Do it one-on-one. <laughs> Make sure you do it one-on-one so they're not called out. They don't feel like they're being attacked by everybody because that's what happens. Decide for yourself whether or not it's worth it to you to fix it. And then you could approach it from there. If it's not, then it's nothing you need to think about anymore. Going back to something that I said in the previous episode, sometimes you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and do a little soul searching as Jason alluded to. And as I did too, in some of my, in some of my family's drama, I've been the problem. Be able to look yourself in the mirror openly and honestly, and be able to decide for yourself without any partiality. Let's see if you're the problem. I'm more than willing to open up and admit when I am wrong if I can see it for myself. Why? Because at the end of the day, in most cases, family is always going to be there for you, no matter what. And it's best to do your part to make sure that the family stays intact as well as possible. You know, as we get older, we all have our own lives to live. We all have our own families to start. And those those big bonds of family kind of go away with time. It is what it is. It's been like that before we came around. It'll be that way after we're already dead and gone. But while you can first try to figure out if that bond is worth saving, that's up, up for you to decide. Is that worth talking about? Is that worth hashing out? Is it worth trying to fix? it is do your part to try and fix it or at least come to some kind of an understanding that way you can both move forward from there but ain't don't waste your time i can't put it any plainer than that that's something that each person has to be able to figure out if it's if it's worth fixing do everything in your power to be able to get your point across be heard Try to fix it in whatever way you have to, even if you have to compromise and say, say that you're sorry and say that you're the bad guy, whatever, whatever it takes for, to get it accomplished, especially if you've still got matriarchs and patriarchs still around who are doing their absolute best to keep the family together while they're here. If it's not worth your time, don't worry about it. But if it is, do what you got to do to fix it. Thank you both for being on the porch. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so happy that the band is back together. (laughs) It's good to have you back. Thanks. He's had to deal with just me. 
Tiny, to his credit, he he was with us for a couple episodes, but yeah, that's all. It's a, and, and not to say that we didn't have good conversation because we did. Absolutely, there was, def, there was definitely a missing element. Yes, and um, you know, there's only you that we were 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 made much better by having Melissa. Oh, that's just too sweet. If you got well, anything I, now to fill that void, I think it'd be okay. <laughs> we missed you, Mo. Missed y'all too. That's all the time we have for this episode. Please like the page and join the group on Facebook at Porch Matters Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or the platform of your choice so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate the show and leave us a review if you have the time. Thank you very much for listening, and catch us next time right here on Porch Matters.